This podcast is brought to you by Barrier Break Solutions Private Limited and Score Foundation. Hi, this is George Abraham and welcome to yet another episode of Iway Conversations. Today, my guest is a good friend, Ketan Kothari, who works with Sightsavers India. Hi, uh, Ketan, welcome to the show. Hi, George. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, you've been working with Sightsavers for a while and before that with the National Association for the Blind. Uh, you've been traveling across the country. You've been in- involved with projects across the country. So what are some of the key observations and concerns you have? The foremost area of concern is, of course, accessibility. And unfortunately, what tends to happen is that uh, our uh, requirements of accessibility, ours, what I mean by ours is the blind uh, community's requirement of accessibility are a bit uh, different from those of orthopedically disabled people. And our accessibility is very human intensive. You see, the... Uh, you know, just by putting a braille uh, signboard or uh, that, those kinds of things, are they are good, but they are not the, the end of uh, accessibility. And ours is a continuous process which has to uh, undergo changes as and when the need arises, unlike uh, orthopedically disabled, where once you made certain adjustments relating to spatial constructions, etc., you probably uh, done your bit. And the other concern is that, especially in the rural areas, uh, the blind are not, you know, they, they, they're very visible as such, uh, but not visible in the sense that, you know, you see them uh, wherever they're there, they're pretty vocal, but very few that are there in the sense that they're, it's, it's, they're there in the community, but very few come out. Because still that stigma is uh, there in the rural areas. And all said and done, blind people, rehabilitation is not as much as it should have happened uh, in these last uh, almost 75 years India of India's uh, existence. You know, you've been involved with several uh, advocacy campaigns. Uh, can you name two campaigns which you felt were very important, you felt satisfied at the end of the day? The banking one and the copyright can you talk a little bit about them? Uh, you see, uh, prior to 2008, uh, the banks were not uh, willing to uh, let the blind uh, uh, customer open an independent account on his own. Yeah. Uh, savings account or even FD. Yeah. It had to be a joint account. Yeah. And that we got changed uh, in 2008 along with many other organizations. Uh, Sight Savers yeah. and other organizations were also involved. A bit yeah. of work was also done by I am fully aware of that. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it has evolved a long way from then. Now blind people are also using uh, internet banking. They're also using uh, credit and debit cards. They're also using apps. They are, so, and, and now, even though now there are still in rural areas, you still have people who don't listen to you, who don't bother to go by the guidelines and you have to struggle. But more or less, things have come a long, long way uh, since 2008. The other thing was copyright. Right. Now, 
earlier the, earlier you, we all know that we were not allowed to even copy anything for our study purpose we were doing it all right we were all doing it illegally everybody does it but it, we were not allowed and it was a big struggle to get our copyright law amended i remember uh, we met uh, mr kapil sibal uh, an eminent lawyer and uh, who was then the hrd minister right. and uh, i and some of the other uh, representatives of the organizations had met him in 2009 or 10 i just it slips me in november yeah and we had explained to him the problems that we were facing and you know he patted me on the shoulder and he told told me you must learn to live with uh, problems you can't get everything that you want and it was the same gentleman who took pride uh, in uh, getting the copyright law amended uh, to our benefit and then claim it uh, that it was his doing and then uh, you know kind of uh, brag it okay see i did your work so and then that led to another you know treaty in the world intellectual uh, intellectual property organization wipo uh, yeah. wipo which is known as marrakesh treaty so yeah. indian amendment has led to this international treaty which has been now ratified by more than 150 countries including united states which has not yet ratified the crpd so uh, these two uh, campaigns have been really satisfactory but i must also say uh, george that once you do advocacy you can't relax even on those issues because right. things keep changing and you have to be always alert and uh, on your uh, feet so that you don't you know come to a situation where you lose what you gain just moving a little away um, you know we've known each other for many years now and uh, uh, i would be curious to know a little bit about uh, what were the origins of your visual disability and uh, what was your childhood like how was your family and what were your uh, growing up years like my father once narrated to me and he, only once he told me that incident that uh, he apparently had dreamt a week prior to my birth yeah that if i mean i generally don't believe in dreams but uh, now <laughs> i don't know it's it's probably providence he said that he he dreamt that somebody told him that you will either if you get a boy he will be disabled right and if you get a girl she will be very pretty right very pretty so when i was born uh, i always joke you know that when we uh, when a child is born right uh, the child cries and the world laughs right world is joyous oh we were and that to first born right so when i was born uh, i also cried and the world also cried <laughs> remember this was some 50 odd years ago right so the awareness was not so much there when yeah. a blind child is born there was total you know oh god now and i was a lower middle class gujarati family very yes. uh, reasonably well to do i mean we were not rich but reasonably well to do yeah. and in those days as you all know as we all know expectations were also not very high yeah so we were you know a, a very contented family but yeah i'm so when i was born i'm told that uh, there was not very uh, you know not 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 high amount of celebration no, no celebrations okay and to top it all i was born with a boil on on the on the right side of my head right which had to be removed on the third day which led to fair amount of blood loss right so people were also worried that oh god now because if this infant loses so much of blood uh, whether his cognitive abilities will be retained 
Okay, because remember those years were not medically advanced. Then I was admitted to a nursery. That was also an accident because my mother had some uh, problem, uh, some fibroid that yes. needed to be removed. And the yes. operation happened in a nursing home where there was a nursery for the blind on the top floor. Yes. And since I was, you know, I was a, uh, I was a three-year-old kid. Yeah. All this I'm telling you from what I've heard. Okay. Yes. So I was just, uh, you know, like how children are, you know, playing or you know, wandering and creating a little bit of trouble for <laughs> my father. Yeah. Well, so somebody from the nurse, nurse nursery saw me. We must have come down. Yeah. So she told that in any case you have to stay the day here, the whole day here. Why don't you let him, uh, you know, sit with our other children who are also like him? Yeah. And that's how I got admitted to the nursery. This was NAB nursery, Mata Lakshmi nursery for the blind, which you must have certainly heard about. Yeah. In Mumbai. Yeah. And from then onwards, I went to the happy home and school for the blind. I had uh, reasonably good education there. I would say that time that was one of the best schools uh, for the blind uh, in, in, in India. I completed my uh, matriculation and then went to SIS college. Uh, I was I was a very studious person. Yeah. Uh, not somebody who would bunk lectures much, go around with you know girls. Uh, so I had good good readers also, very good readers I must say, very dedicated readers in fact. And uh, so I these I, readers the, these readers were your classmates or oh, uh, uh, they were well they were my classmates also but I used to read a lot. I mean I used to for example I was doing political science. I never liked to refer to textbooks. Yeah. I used to refer to the reference books that teachers used to prescribe in the class, which not many use. Yeah. So I used to require about six to seven hours because I used to take all notes in grade. Lots yeah. of lots of notes in grade. Yeah. So although I had very exhaustive notes, my notes were not very popular because people would say, God, who will read so much? Yeah. So um, no, so I had uh, classmates used to read to me occasionally. But I had other readers, other uh, you know, who had become friends. Like, you know, I got to know somebody. Then that person introduced somebody else. Uh, Papa knew somebody. All that. And yeah. those were very dedicated people. I remember people had read to me at eleven o'clock in the night also. Right. And never, never, ever bothered to uh, charge me for that. Yeah. In fact, uh, uh, I was a gold medalist in my masters. Right. Uh, um, that also when I didn't appear for my October, uh, I'm first year exam. I sat for two exams in one year, October and April. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just said that, uh, you know, I was given gold medal because nobody else was there to take. So my readers <laughs> felt bad. You know, she said, please don't say all that because you're insulting us. Right. Because we, you know, all of us have worked together and worked hard. So overall, my childhood was uh, pretty, pretty good, I should say. Um, and good friends. I the only uh, one of the few things for which I am very grateful to God is that I have till now been surrounded by uh, uh, loving and good people. If you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness, please share the IWA National Toll Free Helpline number one eight zero zero. Five three two zero four six nine. The number is one eight zero zero five three two zero four six nine.
and after your masters you joined nab uh, professionally or yeah i was very reluctantly i joined nab actually i wanted to be a lecturer yeah but then i also felt that you know the first job comes your way you shouldn't uh, you know shouldn't refuse it yeah i was earlier working as part time lecturer maybe one lecture a day or whatever not even part time lecturer clock hour basis as we call call right so that was not very paying you know this was in 93 so nab had a vacancy uh, for <clears throat> employment officer yeah so and they had three rounds of interviews you know so i was just joking i said who will give me job yeah nobody will give me once i had gone to the nab boss you know uh, dr vyas uh, you know about him yes uh, dr vyas and i said nab should give me job yeah. so this was before that uh, vacancy was announced yeah he got extremely angry on me he, he said what what do you think of yourself why do, how do you say that you have a right to a job in nab right uh, you know you have to prove yourself which is right and i was very angry with him that time yeah now when i you know look back i said yeah well what he said is right you can't you can't deserve a job anywhere just because you know that organization works for your cause yeah so then we had interviews so, so they said we cannot employ you as employment officer we have another vacancy hadley school for the blind requires a, 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 a an officer so we'll employ you yeah and that's how i got into nab in 93 yeah and then of course uh, i i uh, grew there you know that yeah um i was there till 2005 i worked in barrier break for 6 months it was not barrier break break in those days it was netsist again you know uh, the owner uh, fairly well shilpa yeah. kapoor yeah and then i came back to nab yeah uh in a different role i was in resource mobilization role which was yeah. again a very new role and a much that i learned actually shilpi uh, taught me a lot about advocacy let me be right. very honest with you right in the 6 months that i worked with shilpi yeah uh i learned a lot and right. shilpi was a taskmaster let me let me also tell you right of course in her times and my times uh, people were not ready to listen to our uh, pleas as they are now yeah. because now legal mandate and global uh, things have changed a lot for disability in a positive manner yeah but uh, she was one of the first ones who uh, from the mainstream uh, society who started working for accessibility and all those things for which i will always give her credit yeah um, and then i came back to nab and then i was uh, i met uh, sight savers in some other context yeah for resource mobilization yeah that didn't work out uh, i met uh, miss elizabeth korean again whom you know yeah and then they had a vacancy so i had applied and that's how i am in and sight savers after joining sight savers it has been a very interesting journey for 13 years a lot of learning right from the time uh, i have kind of met you i have noticed that you had uh, a penchant for reading and reading a lot of books uh, and uh, so how did you get interested in reading and how do you go about um, pursuing this passion of yours that uh, credit must go to miss meher banaji of uh, the happy home school for the blind yeah um, you know and those days happy home had very good collection of braille books yes in library and library yes. was only open for students uh, of fifth standard and above yes because most of them were not kids book very few were there kids yes but i was again i was her uh, pet uh, so to say and uh, you know we used to talk i was a big you know i used to love talking chatting yeah 
So uh, one fine day it just happened. I said I want to read in Braille. You know, I want to. I I am not able to sleep at night so soon because eight thirty nine. You are supposed to sleep by eight thirty nine. Yeah. And at home we used to sleep by eleven. Yeah. So then she said, okay, okay, I'll make an exception uh, in the first or second standard. I remember. Yeah. So I was the only child in Happy Home and School for the Blind who had access to library. Right. Uh, who was not fifth standard or above. Yeah. And I used to read those half the books. I never understood all. Okay. <laughs> right. I just read. Yeah. Now when I think back, I I really thank my stars that I did read. Then. In right. fact, um, yeah. So then uh, that 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 progressed, and then you know, as the time uh, passed, and of course there was this talking book studio of NAB. Yes. Um, uh, RNIB uh, books. Uh, those books were acquired somehow. Um, and uh, then, of course, Kindle came through lot after a lot of years. I mean, I'm just uh, jumping here. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The, the reason why I love reading George is that you know it it gives you a lot of thought that you because every experience you can't take in life, right? Yeah. So while reading, you get other people's experiences, and you tend to either learn from it or at least know how the world is around you. So that's why I love reading. To support our work with the blind and visually impaired, you can visit the donate page on our website www.scorefoundation.org.in. Please note www.scorefoundation.org.in. Another very interesting thing uh, that I have noticed about you, uh, Ketan, over the years is your uh, passion for sport. One, one, one minute. Before we go there, I'll also yeah. say yeah. that the books that the genre that I enjoy reading most yeah. is uh, the biography, autobiography bit. Because yeah. uh, even if you feel, even if you uh, accept that autobiographies are written in a biased manner yeah, to show people uh, the best side of uh, that particular person, yeah, I still say that you can filter it, right? Sure. You can you can also read his biography. Yeah. And biographies are not generally, unless they are paid biographies, generally not written uh, in a biased manner. Right. So I and then that's how you know how people behave in a particular situation, right? Sure. So I love uh, that. That's my favorite uh, genre. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And coming to sports. Yeah. Again, sports uh, is is is. Something that I don't know how it developed, but it did develop. And I was never a good cricket player, by the way. Uh, I am talking to a person who started blind cricket uh, in India in yeah. a big way. We used yeah. to play in schools, but that was only in schools, right? Yeah. But you were the one who actually started it uh, uh, nationally and internationally. Yeah. So, uh, but I was never a good player, but I always enjoyed cricket. Uh, I must also say, George, that the English that you hear me speak today. Yes. Because nobody speaks English uh, in my family. Uh, yes. I mean, nobody spoke then. Now, of course, there are people who are younger than me who, of course, have been educated and do speak. Sure. All credit goes to, uh, most of the credit goes to cricket and the BBC uh, World Service. That's my special. I learned my English and All India Radio, good old All India Radio, not uh, the present one. Yeah. Uh, I learned my English and even Hindi. Right. 
because when i speak hindi nobody will say that i am a gujarati speaking hindi right or a maharashtrian speaking hindi right uh, i have learned it from uh, bbc and good cricket commentary and then tennis yeah i remember the match between uh, the, i mean the first wimbledon that i now remember which i kind of i wouldn't say followed but yeah uh, borg mackendro final uh, uh, 1980 Yeah, 1980. Yeah, yeah. The last Borg McEnroe final. Yeah, that was a phen- phenomenal match. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. I mean, I was very sad when Borg announced his retirement at such a young age. Right. I used to love McEnroe making all sorts of noise, uh, noises in the on the court. Yeah. You can't be serious. I mean, it was so funny. <laughs> so he named also his uh, autobiography. You can't be serious. As we were speaking a little earlier, um, you know, uh, in the good old days in the 1970s and 80s, early 80s, you know, uh, you know, the cricket and the sport was generally uh, kind of promoted and broadcast uh, and covered quite elaborately on both the BBC World Service as well as uh, uh, All India Radio. But with the advent of television uh, and with the, now with the advent of uh, the internet. uh sport coverage has got a little scattered and it for a blind person it's become a little difficult to kind of follow the game the way we did it in the 70s say um it does but it also has other advantages right if you have proper apps installed yeah you can follow in fact now uh, even where there are no ball by ball commentary yeah and i still manage to listen to ball by ball commentary um through vpn yeah in most cases Uh, very few exceptions yeah um but um so i i so that that's scattered uh, yes but uh, it, it's there's a positive side to it also right george because now you can hear your players talk a lot you have these podcasts you have a conversation like if you are cricketers plus subscriber like i am then you can listen to the players which you didn't in those days yeah okay in those days if you heard sunil gavaskar's voice once you thought oh god wow what I mean, I'm hearing Sunil Gavaskar's voice. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I I remember when I heard first time when Sunil Gavaskar had come to Happy Home. Yeah. Okay, along with uh, Guy Kwar and Jimmy Amanath, and I still remember I asked him very silly question. Um, yeah. You know why uh, I asked that to uh, Mr. Gavaskar? Why do Why do you not get out and always Mr. Guy Kwar has to get out? Yeah. You remember the <laughs> old days when Gavaskar and Guy Kwar used to be the yes, opening yes, pair? Yes. 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 So. I mean, they they just laughed because what what would they answer? Yeah. So, but of course, I was very small that time. I was some eight nine year old. Right. So obviously, they also may not have taken this very seriously. So, uh, Ketan, it's been wonderful kind of uh, chatting with you, and uh, thank you very much for sparing your time, and uh, wish you all the very best. So, thank you, George, for this. I wish you had Roshni ka karva. This podcast was brought to you by Barrier Break Solutions Private Limited and Score Foundation. Yeah, Roshni, Roshni, Roshni.